Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cross Council Podcast. I, of course, am your host, John Crevillian, and I'm joined with my co-host, Steve Freitag. How are you, sir? Of course, I am fine. Yes, I'm doing well. Thanks, John. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Good. I'm back. Natural. I'm back from Texas. Jenny and I went down for a wedding and had a great time. So, yeah, we're ready yeah, to awesome. dig back Hanging in out with the Carltons. A little bit. Yeah, I had, I, I had my nose in the computer screen most of the time as I'm working on this book that I've been working on for 20 years. But Let's go. <laughs> try to get it finished um, in the next few months. Awesome. Stay tuned, everyone. We might uh, we might have some book sales coming up here. That's going to be fun. <laughs> and uh, once again, you um, we mentioned this last week, actually, in the podcast, but you were saying it's just kind of like a physical copy of like the breakdown of the elements of melt, right? Yeah, a little bit of how we got involved in it in the first place, what, what led us on this journey. And then some testimonies interspersed, I guess we would say. Nice. Okay, cool. And then I've talked to your mom, so I've got some stories about you that no, <laughs> the director's cut. <laughs> like, That's right. <laughs> Depravity, the John That's story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'll make yeah. more money on, on selling the book or you pay me not to sell the book. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, this can be released or, you know, maybe I forget about it. You know? That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of strategies to make money out there. That's, oh my goodness! Anyway, it's, anyway. it's more to it's more to tell the story. I don't think there's <laughs> any need for me to be driven by money. It's not like we're gonna crack, you know, a million sales or anything like that. So yeah, and like you know, it's we're not looking to like break the bank. That would be nice. That'd be nice. But like you know, cross councilism ministry is not concerned about profit as much as just helping people. You know, you've said that a couple times now. So it's good stuff. We operate in the red because God called us to, as it were. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Paul prays in Ephesians 3 that we would be rooted and established in love. Love that surpasses knowledge so that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. At Cross Council, it's miraculous to watch people transform by the love and truth of Jesus. But some people need a little extra help. We never turn anyone away because of their inability to cover their session fees. Would you be willing to cover that cost for somebody? Somebody who is looking for freedom from something in their life? We are inviting you to be a part of what Cross Council is doing here. Would you be willing to donate to cover someone? Bless them, though you've never met them. You can do that today at crosscouncil.com. Yeah, okay. So let's go ahead and get started with uh, a few more testimonies from Living Water. Our first guy here is Jacob. What do you know about Jacob? Uh, Jacob is part of uh, Living Water Church. Uh, he came to Christ. He'll say about um, five years ago was the first time he even stepped into a church uh, of his own volition. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's had such a journey of just trying to figure this thing out and to know who Jesus is really is. And so our, our former pastor led him to Christ through a series of just meetings and talking about um, the reality of, of our faith, that it's true. 
it's it's how C.S. Lewis came to Christ. It it wasn't like this deep, great need in his life and C.S. Lewis's life, or not a felt need. It was just this is true. And so our, our former pastor was really good at apologetics and talking things through, and also just being very open hearted and, and and sharing things at a deeper level as well. So Jacob is still pretty new at, at walking this thing out, and uh, he's. He's an army guy. He does the army reserves every month. Mm-hmm. So we always hope in the the men's group that I have on Saturday mornings that meets twice a month at Living Water. Uh, like, is Jacob going to be here? Is he on reserves? Or if not, there's uh, the group skews a little bit older, and we're trying to change that. But uh, whenever Jacob is there, it skews the other way because he's he's about twenty three right now, and just ah, is cool. full of energy and always willing to lead a discussion. Uh, that he was just so willing to jump at the opportunity to share our orientation. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he'll, he'll talk about how one of the phrases he used is he used to believe he was like the worst person ever, which just does not compute if you know him because he's just so lovable. Sure. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So excited to have this shared on the podcast. Awesome. Yeah. We'll go ahead and watch that now. So I'm going to invite Jacob up here. Come to Christ just – Right yeah. around this time, five years ago, was the first time I ever came into a church service of my own volition. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So I love that you're uh, beginning your journey with Jesus, with, with this ministry. Uh, I am so blessed to work with so many different people. I, I never prepare for anybody because it all comes down to what's going on in people's hearts. I think I had one, one day a few years ago, well, maybe many years ago, where I, I think I had a maybe like a seven-year-old kid. That's pretty young, but kind of work with that. Uh, And then I had an 87-year-old man. And uh, there's so many times I've been humbled in this ministry, but when you've got an 87-year-old man sit down and he's just like, I just want to experience more and more of Jesus. I'm like, I am not worthy. (laughs) Or to to minister to to a guy who was sort of the Billy Graham of um, South America. And his wife was there, and he had a profound encounter with Jesus. And his wife said, I've never seen him like that, so vulnerable and broken. And so it's never too late, and it's never too early. So I'm excited to hear what Jacob has to say, and then if there's anything else that, that I'll add to it, we'll, we'll see. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. I'll try to keep this brief. I know a lot of people want to talk today. Uh, so as Steve said, I'm Jacob, um, but I want to share my experience across council. So I originally reached out to Steve because I'd been going through something where, honestly, I hated myself. I thought, like, I'm the worst person ever. I'm bad, like, worse than everyone else. My friends were telling me to go to therapy. I'd tried that before, and it didn't do anything. I was in therapy for, like, two years. Didn't make a dent in the issues. So... I talked to Pastor Isaac about it, if you remember him. Uh, He suggested cross-counsel. He suggested inviting Jesus into kind of my healing. because, And I realized, you know what? This is bigger than me. It's bigger than what people can handle. So I reached out to Steve. And my first session, I was kind of reluctant. I don't know. I was not totally convinced. And then one of the first things Steve said to me was along the lines of, he's not the one healing me. Jesus is the healer, and Steve's just there to mediate, facilitate that whole thing. And you did a great job. <laughs> he helped me. I was, I was digging into very surface-level stuff, 
And Steve encouraged me to kind of dig deeper, go into those earlier memories of my life. And through that, we realized that the lie that I had believed was that I was bad at its core. I believed I'm a bad person. And that was where the emotions were coming from. I hadn't really realized that. And I was actually thinking about one of the memories we went through together um, yesterday as I was writing kind of this testimony out. Looking back on that memory that had caused so much pain, now I look back at it, I'm like, what? There was no point in worrying about any of that. How did that bother me for 20 years? It didn't make sense. So after a few sessions, I didn't really have like this. You've talked about some people have that life-changing moment in the office. Being totally honest, I didn't have that. And being even more honest, that's not what I was looking for. To me, that moment can be great and it can be awesome for a lot of people. But for me, the big change I noticed was like two or three weeks after my last session, I was just brushing my teeth one morning like it was any other day. I was just thinking about who I am. After a few minutes of thinking and brushing my teeth, I was like, huh, I'm not bad. I'm not that bad. And honestly, that was the biggest gift I could have gotten from Jesus was that freedom that we can find in him. And Cross Council led me to that through the melt process. After years of constantly, like every thought I would have was, well, you screwed this up. You're bad. You, you suck. And finally, to just be brushing my teeth and realize, you know what? I'm not the worst person in the world. And Jesus still loves me regardless of what I've done wrong. For all those years prior that I wasn't, that I denied him and fought against him, he still loves me. So that's what Cross Council did for me. And now to this day, I still, I can't make myself think that I'm a bad person. I can't make myself hate myself like I used to. It's, it's amazing. Like, as much as I might try to poke those buttons, it doesn't work anymore. So that's, that's my testimony from Cross Council. I think I'm far from done healing. And Steve and I will definitely probably have more conversations in the future. But if you have any more questions afterwards, or if Steve helps me cover anything else. I don't know what you want to ask me. No, that's good. Awesome. All right. But I'm always happy to talk about it outside of this as well. Awesome. So, John, I'm interested to get your reaction on, on listening to Jacob's testimony. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I mean, really, like, a lot packed in there. Um, I was taking some notes. Um, like, he had a lot of cool things to say. Um, also great mustache, really good look on him. <laughs> yeah. You're just trying to push people to our YouTube channel, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. If you want to see Jacob's mustache show up on our YouTube channel, just kidding. We're cutting that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I saw, um, there was a bunch of cool things in there. Um, one thing that really stood out to me that stood out to him was when you said, I'm not here to heal you. I'm here to, I'm here to mediate that, that whole thing. And I think that that like is such a big thing, especially for people who are like just getting started in the ministry who look at it and think like, okay, is this like, um, maybe they're not familiar with church, you know, and they're like, is this like a meditation inner healing sort of thing? Is this uh, a deliverance ministry? If they've been super into church and lean more charismatic and, you know, being able to kind of quash that a little bit and be like, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not here to heal you. I'm not the savior here. I'm going to point you to him though. You know? Right. And, yeah. The thing that's, that struck me is 
that the I'm I'm a bad person kind of thing or I'm bad. Mm-hmm. And that that at some point it just was like, what? That, that didn't even compute anymore. Like even going back to one of those experiences, one of those memories, it's like that that's just not there now. Mm-hmm. I know that I felt that. I know that I thought that. I know that that was inside of me, but I can't even find that now in that place. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for people to manage their pain. We're mm-hmm. looking for people to be willing to go to the pain with courage and humility to allow Jesus to do what only he can do through his Holy Spirit so those things are eradicated in those places. Mm-hmm. And and I, I love his story of like just brushing his teeth and then like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's, and, and we're not saying that uh, it's the, I'm okay. You're okay. Kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. we're not, that's not what we're aiming for either. It's just that um, unnecessary weight of believing that we're just, we're just inherently bad. And that is just becoming less and less a part of his life. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many different ways that, that people use to try to manage that pain. And one of the phrases, I think it can be improved upon, but I think there's this unreasonable confidence people have in their opinions of things and just how they walk through life. It's like, you don't, you don't have even a reason to be confident about things. It's just a mechanism that you use Mm. and, and, and what that can lead to. I mean, that can lead to really tragic things. And this isn't supposed to be a judgmental thing, but just, at the time of this recording, it isn't too long ago that this man, I think he was in India at a zoo and he, uh, he wanted to get a selfie with one of the animals. And so he hopped a fence. Oh no. And th- yes. And, and we're not talking about, uh, you know, a, a genteel little animal. He jumped into the lion's cage into oh, the lion's okay. territory. And, he didn't come out. No. So a, a bit of unreasonable confidence or however you want to put that. Like, I'll, I'll be okay. I'm going to get this selfie with this um, <clears throat> lion. <laughs> with this apex predator. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's not awesome. So. No. But it can be a metaphor for a lot of different things, right? It, it, yeah. It's brutal. True. True. So I don't want to jump into the lion's den, you know, unless God shuts their mouth, which, you know, I, I've heard of it happening before, but I don't count on it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically, though, in a sense. <laughs> like, I want to be prepared for whatever God has called me, right? He Or he, he hasn't called for prepared, he prepares the called, I think is a very interesting thing to tease out a bit too. So yeah, I I want to be in a process of constantly being prepared for the road that's ahead of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just jumping back really quick uh, to to Jacob, uh, Mm -hmm. it's so cool for me to hear someone kind of more like better articulate what I went through exactly to talking about, like, it's not that that pain is healed. It's that it's gone, you know, mm-hmm. that it doesn't exist there in that space anymore. And right. I've likened it in the past to like living in a house your whole life and knowing that there's this one room. If you go down this hallway here, there's a room on the left that's in complete disrepair and you just avoid that room. And then after kind of going through the melt process, right. 
Like if I'm going into that like conceptual room or into that conceptual house, I go down that same hallway and there's not even a door there. It just doesn't exist. And it, it's gone. It, it ceases to be, which is huge. So it was really cool to hear Jacob kind of also go through that process. So, and then also I really like kind of how anti, not anticlimactic, but like, you know, kind of against the grain it all is, you know, from the beginning of us or, or you uh, going in and meeting with him and saying, I'm not going to heal you. I'm going to mediate, you know, okay. Immediately an expectation is changed there. And then later on, uh, Jacob saying, I wasn't looking for that healing moment. And it came two weeks later when I was mm -hmm. brushing my teeth randomly one morning, like any other morning. And I just realized like, oh, wow, I've actually gone through a lot of like internal healing. I actually don't hate myself. I'm pretty okay. You know, like that's all so cool, man. Good testimony. Really good testimony. Yeah. One, of, one of the things I've said for years that it sometimes takes a while for our head to catch up with our heart. Like, like maybe the mm -hmm. work of, of that transformational moment happened two weeks ago, but it wasn't until that moment brushing his teeth that mm -hmm. he actually came into an understanding of that or, you know, actualized it is a good word to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I really like how he ended it too. And talking about, uh, I'm thinking about, or I think I'm far from done healing and uh, I'm going to keep meeting up with Steve in the future. I'm going to keep going and like kind of exploring the depths of my soul and seeing where else God can bring that healing. You mm -hmm. know, I think that that's super huge. It's never one and done. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's one and then awesome transformation and healing. Mm -hmm. That's great. And you know, a lot of people have a lot of things to go through. I know I needed more than one, you know, mm -hmm. so definitely keep coming back for those of you who have gone once and think you're done. You're not done. God's never done with us. So keep on coming back. All right. Awesome stuff from Jacob. Really cool stuff from him. Uh, the next one is a woman by the name of Mary, right? What do you know about Mary, mm -hmm. Steve? What do I know about Mary? Well, she also goes to living water. So I've True. Known her for a while. Uh, okay. I haven't had I hadn't had too many interactions with her, and uh, as you'll hear, she uh, lost her husband in a tragic accident mm. a couple of years ago, and and been married to him had been married to him for over thirty years, and they had a wonderful relationship. And in in one moment, her world came crashing down, and so that is a, a, a perfect example of truth based pain, and we can't rush people through that. Yeah, you have that kind of an experience. We actually don't encourage people to come and see us um, immediately after. I mean, of course, we'd meet with somebody who's in that situation, but it just takes a while. Just, I mean, it, it's like you've gotten a, a concussion. Mm. I mean, your 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 head is so scrambled when something happens like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it was um, beautiful to see her come in and be willing to step into that. But also, I think what's important uh, to set this up with is just this idea of noticing how her grief, which is what we call the truth-based pain, how much of that was still held in place, tangled up in in lie-based beliefs and abandonment and, and uh, the, the idea of being isolated is what we fear the most. Mm -hmm. And so that, that sense of um, being all alone. I mean, that's, that's, that's the human struggle and it, and it shows up. And, and when we allow the Lord into those places, how that then starts to free other areas in our life. Hmm. Right on. All right, let's get started. 
You have 67 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Six to seven minutes. Okay. Ah, all right. Lots of good stuff. Um, so, um, after losing my husband um, 33 of 33 years to a tragic accident, I had a substantial amount of healing to do. I needed to cope with the reality of his death and work to rebuild my life without him. Um, I went to group counseling, one-on-one -on -one counseling, um, specific grief counseling, which all helped me with my process and normalizing my grief. Although, um, after two years of grieving, I was still holding on to my husband tightly. I, I wasn't able to release him to move forward and more fully heal from my grief. After a discussion with a good friend of mine, Catherine, um, I decided to go to Cross Council to heal my grieving heart, mind, and spirit. Um, I was actually a little bit afraid of Steve because I didn't really know him, and you're going to bear your soul, and that, that's risky. But I thought anybody that's married to Jenny's got to be a good guy. Wow. <laughs> um, so when I met with Steve, he asked me how I felt about my loss. And I told him that I felt abandoned. So now this is going to like spiral into a whole nother thing outside of my grief. Um, the love of my life was gone and we were soulmates. He asked me if I felt abandoned before. I told him that I felt abandoned when I was a child growing up. My mother suffered from severe depression and she didn't give me the attention and emotional support that I needed. She, she was not engaging in my life and I was not able to build a relationship with her. This was all um, a necessary precursor to fully stepping into this melt process. So Steve asked me if I was ready to dig in. I was. Um, he, he puts you in a very comfortable environment. You're in a, a cozy office. There's a couch, there's Kleenex and a wastebasket, so you know that there's something's going to go on here. Um, and, um, you know, it's kind of dimmer. It's not like this. Um, so he puts you in a place of being comfortable um, is what I'm trying to get to. So various memories where I experienced abandonment had surfaced. As I shared the stories, I wept as I experienced the painful emotion of abandonment in my heart like it was yesterday. These feelings of loneliness had me believing that I was not worthy and unloved. Steve helped me work through each painful experience and get to the bottom of those core lies in my heart. 
I invited Jesus into those places for his perspective. He helped me realize that the feelings I felt were based on lies and that my mother did love me. She just wasn't able to help me because of her disease. As an adult, this is where this double-minded thing comes in. As an adult, I can look back and rationalize this. But as a child, my brain translated these feelings as abandonment, regardless of how I cope with it today as an adult. As we were wrapping up one session, um, I changed my focus on losing my husband and felt the pain. Once I settled, I opened my heart to him, being Jesus and Steve, and I started to feel a warm peace come over me. It calmed me, and I began to see an image of God with his arms outstretched. He was, he was at my wedding ceremony. I could see him at the altar in front of my husband and I, and I heard him say, I was there. I created that love. And he said, fear not, child. And I wrote this stuff all down when I got home because I am not, I don't want to forget this. Um, so I felt instant relief when I heard this. And God was there at my wedding. Of course he was. <laughs> but I never thought about it in that way before. When he said, I created that love, I was in awe of that. I thought I just fell in love. If God created that love, he can create love again for me. It was a beautiful and powerful message of hope and love. I can love again. I felt such relief that I was able to release my husband from my heart and move forward. This was an incredibly healing and hopeful feeling for me. God's truth replaced feelings of abandonment and being unloved from my mother with a compassionate heart for her and her illness. Knowing that she did love me, but she wasn't able to express it, changed everything. God's love is eternal, and I was not abandoned. It was a lie. God helped me understand the feelings I had towards my mother and how the same feeling of abandonment with the loss of my husband had me feeling unworthy and less than because I hadn't healed from the abandonment I felt with my mother. I needed him to deconstruct the negative emotions I felt from my past in order to rebuild my thinking going forward. I realized that the Lord has great plans for me, plans to give me a hope and a future which yeah. is coincidentally my favorite Bible verse. <laughs> so how has what I learned from the melt process helped me change my life going forward? 
It has completely changed my perspective. As my mind is getting reprogrammed, I have less of a need to cope or rationalize. Now, when I find myself in situations where I get rejected, either by people's decisions or I feel less than or not worthy, I know that isn't the case. I say out loud, I am a child of God. Amen. And I am worthy. Yeah. Yes. This transforms my thinking, and I can move forward and not allow my mind to believe it is a lie. Jesus has rerouted my old thinking of feeling less than or not worthy with empowering feelings of being loved by my heavenly Father and my most precious and loving God. I am confident in my thought process and I use it on a daily basis. It is very powerful. So after four sessions, and working through various emotions that needed rewiring, I am freed of many of the lies I believed, and I have been transformed by the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. I continue to use what I learned to believe God's truth as I view this journey as a work in progress. Please don't wait. I encourage you to invest in yourself and renew your mind with God's healing power of the Holy Spirit. You are worth it. I have the best job in the world, by the way. I tell you, oh, what I get to witness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I really like the part where she was talking about, um, you know, yeah, no, my adult mind could rationalize this. It could cope. But my child, the part of me that's still a child, didn't care. It didn't rationalize that. It was still abandonment. It was still hurt. You know, that whole. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's so many different dynamics that are going on, but I so appreciated how she was willing to engage in some of those those memories in the melt process the m those past experiences and, and that's mm -hmm. what a little bit of time allows people to do generally speaking because in those first six months or so when it's something like that it is just so hard to wrap your mind around your new reality of this person not being in your life anymore so mm -hmm. so then as she got some freedom from those lies from her past how it just then leads to um, just that beautiful picture of getting even a new perspective on the mm -hmm. reality of, of Christ being there, right? It, there's so many, like, of course he was there kind of moments, but until your heart connects to it, mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't have the same impact. And right. So, and, and probably throughout her whole marriage, like just knowing that Christ was there, the stability, the foundation that, that she has that she hadn't experienced before. And, and in a sense, maybe even making her marriage even more sweet than it already was. Hmm. There That's you just, go. Yeah. Not that it was bad. She had a good relationship. So, mm -hmm. and, and I love how she said, I have less of a need to cope or rationalize her pain. 
right? Yeah. It's just because when there's less pain there, there's less pain to manage. Mm -hmm. Because we're not in the business of managing people's pain. We're in the business of people getting set free. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe this is more of like a question just for you as, you know, the facilitator. Do you find it difficult to um, untangle or like what's the process when you have something like that where there's like lie-based pain and truth-based pain kind of feeding into each other? Like Mm -hmm. what's the process for kind of detangling that or making sense of it? Yeah, that's a two-hour seminar. Uh, um, <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> it really is. Join us next um, week. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, but the short answer to that is you just continue to follow the person and you continue to try to ask the right questions or make the right comments to point them in the right direction. Because mm-hmm. people don't want to hold on. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we want to hold on to things that we think help manage our pain in a, in a twisted way. And I'm removing Mary from this. Mm-hmm. It, there are some people that believe things like, if I let go of my grief, I'm letting go of this person. If mm-hmm. I let go of the grief, it means that I didn't really care about them. If I let go of the grief, I'll be alone. It's like uh, a grief, it, like the devil you know is worse than the devil you don't know. Mm-hmm which is in a sense an awful phrase, right? But mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah. at least I have my grief. But if I if I don't have that, what then? Mm. Which is crazy, but I've seen it over and over again. So Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So so, so yeah, there's there's a there's a lot in th- in that question that you asked. Fair. But one so you can get to a certain place in some people's sessions where okay take a look at that grief is there anything that's holding you back from letting go of that mm-hmm. giving that over to Jesus mm-hmm. and most people respond well no 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 there's nothing i, I don't I, at this point i don't want it but as they then try to make that choice there's something hindering them there's some mm-hmm. obstacle in the way and then either we get to you know some of those what we call those protective lies or those guardian lies, things I just mentioned, or it spirals into something else that has nothing to do with that person, that relationship, and goes back into some other things that they've carried for their, for a lifetime. Mm. Man. Well, and like what's really interesting, and yeah, no, like we can go down the the rabbit hole of detangling for like hours, like you said, but just jumping back to uh, Mary. Um, Maybe this is uh, a nothing, you know, maybe this is nothing, but like, we'll, we'll check it out. Um, in her testimony, she said, Steve asked me, are you ready to, to dig in that? Which I thought was kind of cool because it kind of goes back to the whole, like, I'm not forcing you down this path. You have to walk it. I can only kind of point some things out to you on the way and try to help you keep straight on the path here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I might have used that phrase. I might have used something else, but yeah, the 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 concept is there. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that we say, uh, usually with a new person, but sometimes it's something you say over and over. Just each person is unique. But mm-hmm. one of the things that we might ask on the front end is, as best as you know, know at this point, is there any? Uh, would you be willing to go to any place that comes up, any experience, any memory? And most people say, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm willing. Okay. So we just see what happens with that as well. And there's, yeah, I mean, even I, if I had a session and somebody asked me that, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll go anywhere, but there's probably places I'm still not ready to go yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm just blind to that. Right. 
Right. Like, name the top. Name the top three things you're blind to in your life. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah. Can't really do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I. I really. Um. I really like the part in her testimony where she was saying, like, you know, getting to that place of healing and saying, if God can create that love that I initially had, he can create it again for me. Like, mm-hmm. man, that takes some faith. That takes some peace to like actually be able to say that and to say it genuinely, which she did, mm-hmm. you know, like, man, that's huge. That's so huge. I love that. Yeah. It's such an encouragement. It's not a, not, not necessarily a promise. And I think one right. of the rules that, uh, like with, and not everybody who's listening to this podcast probably believes in the prophetic. And I think you have to be pretty guarded in that. And one of the ways that you guard that, I think, in, in, a, in a fairly healthy way is no, uh, when it comes to receiving a prophetic word that no, no mates, no dates, no babies. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> there you because go. They're, because the, the, some of those things uh, people are brokenhearted over. Like, will I, will I get pregnant? Oh yeah. I see. Within the next year, you're going to be pregnant or have a baby like that. Boy, you almost have to have an angel come down in person to say that. I mean, almost like a Gabriel experience. Mm. (laughs) Right. True. (laughs) So, and and even with dates by this time, that's where again, angels fear to tread. Mm-hmm. I think when you start naming those things. So I don't know what that all will, how that will all play out for Mary. I don't know, but mm. that's between her and the Lord. And he's certainly, mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing uh, in error with that message. I can do that as, you know, I can do that. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. And wherever it goes from there, like I'm hands off there. Not my business. True. Man, good testimonies, really good testimonies mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Right. I really like how she even said invest in yourself, which is just to reinforce the the point of the uh, putting the oxygen mask on in the airplane. Like take care of yourself first so that you can take care of others. Absolutely. Yeah. No, like if we can end it on anything, it's that invest in yourself. You know, like that's so direct. Like we need that on some mugs for cross (laughs) council, some hats. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, such a a beautiful last statement there from Mary, and you know sure. we stand by it too. Actually, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna rescind that, and I'm gonna say I really like this, and I think this is the best way to kind of describe her experience, and I think the experience of a lot of people who come to Cross Council. It is I needed God to dis- deconstruct the negative emotions from my past in order to rebuild my thinking going forward. And that's so real. That's so real. So yeah, invest in yourself, guys. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends, and look for us on social media. The world will become a much better place, and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by his truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody. <laughs>